most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are America, one voice, united stand. And to all of the naysayers, and to all of those that would like to destroy the future of the greatest country in the world, our message to them is the same as my grandfather's. Them that's going, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, get out of the way. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because you know, we're going to tell you the truth, give you the facts, and sometimes help you to connect the dots so you can be better informed to help make this a better United States of America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Well, the House gave its final approval yesterday on that... Uh, uh, reconciliation bill, right? Exactly. So this is the first time that Republicans have been able to get a bill down to the president's desk that would repeal large chunks of the Obama health law. You know, they've they've gotten one or two small provisions before, and, and, and the president has accepted them. But this is the first time that they've been able to roll something together. It would get rid of the individual and employer mandates, uh, several of the different tax plans that were included in the, uh, uh, you know, in the, um, in the, in the o- o- Obama health law overall. But they know it's going to be vetoed by the president. Yes. Uh, he'll get it later today officially. Still, though, I'd say it's a victory in the sense it's a reminder of several things. And I know a lot of people don't like hearing me say these things over and over again. Go ahead and say it's, it. It's a reminder of how difficult it is to get things done, even when you run both the House and the Senate. Uh, they were able to take advantage of these expedited rules under reconciliation that did not allow for a filibuster in the Senate. And so they were able to get that by the Democrats. Otherwise, a regular bill, it would have been filibustered. And so they'll be able to force the president to veto it. But ultimately, it's the reminder of if the Republicans really want to do away with the Obama health law and to put something in there that they like, they're going to have to win the White House in order to do that. I would agree. And one of the points that I have been trying to make, uh, which is your point to some of the listeners who get frustrated in baseball terminology, if you get some singles and a double, I consider this a double, Whether the president, knowing that the president is going to veto it. you got to get some singles and some doubles, and you're never going to get into home runs until, as you say, you've got, you control the White House and both chambers of, of, of Congress. You know, the, the historical fact that I pulled out a few weeks ago that I, I still cannot believe is that since the direct election of senators began just a, a little over 100 years ago, the Republicans, the, the voters, the American public, have never, ever given the Republicans more than 55 senators. Never, ever. Whereas the Democrats have had over 60, and in fact, at times, over 70 in the Senate a few times. And, you know, that's what's led to the Democrats making big changes during the New Deal, during the Great Society, uh, when LBJ was in office, and then with more with 60, able to get the Obama health law done. The GOP has never gotten to that point, and so therefore they've never been able to do sort of groundbreaking landmark legislation that they would like to do. And even if they are able to win the White House next time, if they don't have 60 in the U.S. Senate, you're not going to be able to do as wide-ranging stuff as you'd like to. You can do home runs when you've got 60 senators, a majority in the House, and a Republican in the White House. Just Sometimes like singles indicated. work, though, too. You know, yeah. if you can just do a little here and a little there. Yes. I think that I, 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 I get it that people who 
who aren't here and who are outside D.C. just don't understand uh, why certain things can't get through and the the frustration. I, I really enjoy sort of looking at the frustration that's thrown back at the Republicans. But again, you could elect, you know, 250 Tea Party Republicans in the House, and the final score on the scoreboard wouldn't be any different right now because you don't have 60 in the Senate. Gotcha. Uh, Democrats uh, now echoing President Obama's call for action on gun control, but with or without specifics. Well, I think uh, more than anything that there there is, as we've discussed, this president has become more outspoken uh, in the last couple of years about guns and gun violence, and a number of Democrats have certainly followed him from the Congress. It doesn't mean just because they are speaking out that that will translate into action here in the halls of Congress. For my interviews the last couple of days with Democrats and Republicans, I don't sense, Herman, any sort of uh, suddenly there's a middle ground surfacing on guns and some of these items that would allow the president to push something through. Uh, He has talked repeatedly about uh, getting a bill that would expand background checks to almost, well, sort of the vast majority of gun sales in America. But while there was a majority for that in the Senate a few years ago, there was not in the House, and there certainly isn't a majority now in either the House or Senate for that. But that doesn't mean he can't try to use the bully pulpit to put the heat on Republicans to act on gun control. And you'll hear it tonight uh, in his town hall gathering that he's going to do at George Mason University in Virginia. That'll be uh, on CNN. You'll hear about it next Tuesday in the State of the Union. And I'm I'm sure the Democrats are going to do all they can to force votes in the House and in the Senate on gun issues. I I think what they feel, Herman, is that they have decided that it's better to go on the offensive on this and lose rather than just sort of stay back and, you know, say something here and there and lose as well. Right. What are the next big items on the House's agenda and the Senate's agenda right now? Well, uh, the, 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 the new speaker, Paul Ryan, has said that he wants to start the, the appropriations bills, the spending bills, very early in the year because he'd like to get all 12 of them done by the usual deadline of October the 1st. If you're going to do that, and they already know what the top-line number is from last year's budget deal, then you'd start getting into those, I assume, in March. Uh, fairly early. And those would then lead to a number of fights on the floor about issues and things of that nature. I would assume, yes. though, that the Republican leadership led by Speaker Ryan is going to bring up a number of other items, whether it is tax reform, whether it is health care reform, and other things that they'd like to lay down a marker on in this election year. Remember, th- I think this will be another year in which the House will be able to pass all sorts of things that Republicans like, and then those things will go nowhere in the Senate. Kareen Brown of Florida. What's she being investigated for? Nobody quite knows. Uh, the longtime veteran Democrat who uh, has an oddly shaped district that's being redrawn that runs from uh, the Jacksonville area down to Orlando. Uh, she's been in, uh, in the House for a number of years, veteran Democrat. She was served evidently the other day with a subpoena for records by the feds uh, while she was uh, meeting with supporters at a barbecue restaurant in Jacksonville, evidently. Her office put out a statement yesterday that didn't really shed any light on what this was all about, and the feds haven't said anything, and nothing is leaked out. Uh, so it's, you know, it's it's rare, let's, let's face it, it is rare for a subpoena to be served on a member of Congress. At a barbecue restaurant. Well, yeah, just period, <laughs> end of sentence, yeah. How and about a funny, catfish place? Because I was talking to other lawmakers yesterday, and they were aghast at that story. They said, well, yeah. you know, usually what the feds would do is they would call you up and say, look, you know, we need to serve you the, with this subpoena. Let's do it quietly so people don't have to see. And they'd come over to your office and do it. But for whatever reason, they did it in public. 
And people saw that, and that's how the story leaked out. So uh, as of now, nobody really knows, or um, somebody knows somewhere, but nobody has let it out into the press as yet as to what this might be about. That's interesting because, like you said, she's been in Congress for quite some time. I know, having uh, uh, talked with one of her challenges uh, during the last cycle, that you know, conditions in her district aren't exactly a plus they with respect to the economy and jobs and things of this nature but because she's been that long time she knows the right buttons to push in the community she keeps getting reelected so it'll be interesting to see where this is going to go yeah, and it's one of those things, again, it's very rare for a member of Congress to get subpoenaed. One little note, Herman, when you do get subpoenaed or even a member of your staff, you have to notify the Speaker of the House by letter, and then they read that letter in the full House. So that has not been done as oh, yet. Wow. We'll see if that happens today. Yeah. Wow. Now, yeah, sometimes they- when we're sitting around, uh, th- 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 it's why we sit and listen to the House and Senate floors, and half the time you think you're falling asleep, and then suddenly... Every couple months, the clerk will say something that'll make you sit bolt upright in your chair. So we'll yep. see what happens. Yep, got you covered. Well, what else is going on up there in well, our big city? I think uh, looking today it was sort of interesting that uh, the sun came up and Donald Trump got on Twitter and immediately went after Ted Cruz on where he was born. <laughs> so, you know, this is interesting because I, I, I don't think there's really anybody here or not many people here in D.C. who think that Ted Cruz is, should be disqualified from running for president. Uh, yes, he was born in Canada, but uh, his mother was an American, and certainly that qualifies him to be a U.S. citizen. But the fact that Trump keeps going back to it day after day this week tells me something, that Trump feels like he needs to needle Cruz. And I just wonder if uh, if there's more to this than uh, just this as the start of something, or is it Trump just trying to sow the uncertainty out there? Because it was interesting to read some stories from both Iowa and New Hampshire and see the quotes from voters, and some of them clearly were sort of unnerved to learn this, like it, would, it was some terrible thing for, for Cruz to have been born in Canada. But uh, I, I find it interesting that Trump has gone back to this because certainly it uh, it is one way for him to try to uh, quietly, in a way, go after Ted Cruz. Has been speaking of presidential candidates, has Carson announced a new campaign manager? Yes, uh, yeah, I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah, he's got somebody in there. In fact, who's been doing interviews and such. Uh, okay. Carson is in Iowa for much of this week and doing events there. Uh, you know, they talk about stemming the tide. One of the biggest things that uh, we've all noticed about his effort is how much money he's burning each month on direct mail. You know, it's one of those things where he's raising a lot of money, but he's spending a ton of money as well. And, you know, it's just sort of a red flag when you look at things. The only new poll that's been out in the last few days was one uh, yesterday in New Hampshire that showed Donald Trump still with a strong lead. But all of the other sort of uh, more, well, people would call them moderate Republicans. I wouldn't uh, term them necessarily like that, but maybe the establishment side. None of them really breaking away from each other. You know, strong numbers for John Kasich, for Chris Christie, for Marco Rubio, and even for Jeb Bush. But none of them get able to break out. And, you know, I think that's uh, if they stay that way, Trump could win in New Hampshire with as little as, say, 25 percent of the vote. And you said you said that that was for New Hampshire. Yeah, that was just for New Hampshire. Remember, New Hampshire, uh, you know, the state polling in New Hampshire is totally different than what you're going to get around the country, Uh, because around the country, it's going to be more of Cruz and Trump at the top and Rubio in third. But Cruz is definitely not as strong in New Hampshire Trump has been strong, but not as overwhelmingly so as in the rest of the country. Very good. 
All right, Jamie. The All right, Herman. See you tomorrow, buddy. Oh, uh, and don't forget, you are supposed to watch the town hall meeting on guns tonight. For yes, us. I will be doing that and give you a full report tomorrow, my friend. I can't wait. The bully pulpit at work. It doesn't mean it's going to work, but that's the effort. Thank you, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. <laughs>